Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. James Hinchcliffe is a championship Canadian race car driver. And um, James, you could probably put this into context better than anybody, but what does it feel like to go 308 kilometers an hour? Well, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all a matter of relativity, right? Because it matters what vehicle you're driving when you're going 300 kilometers an hour. I'm very fortunate that I get the chance to drive cars that are designed to go 300 plus kilometers an hour. And even in those cars, 300 is an incredibly, an incredibly quick speed. And things happen so quickly. Uh, the consequences of things happening in the wrong way are so, so heightened that, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're doing, uh, what you're doing it in 300 kilometers an hour feels very fast. Right. And you do it in a controlled environment. I mean, as a skilled professional race car driver, let's just say that there were no, um, laws in the world on a, on a highway in, in Ontario. What would you feel comfortable going? Um, you know, would you feel comfortable going 300? Not even remotely. And, and here's the thing, you know, as a, as a racing driver, you get asked a lot, you know, do you drive fast on the road? And, and the short answer for me, and this is a completely honest answer. I do not. And the reason for that is simple. You know, when I race an Indy car, I am in a, in a machine that is designed to go incredibly quickly. It has been developed over, you know, almost a hundred years to be safe for the driver, for the occupant. I am on a racetrack that has been designed to keep me safe uh, and to let me go those speeds safely. And I'm surrounded by professionals that have dedicated their lives to driving in a certain way at a certain speed. When you're on the road, you're driving, you know, a road car that you have a three-point seatbelt rather than a six-point seatbelt. You don't have a helmet on. Uh, as safe as cars are these days, they are, they are built to be safe at what is normally the posted speed limit and not sometimes three times that. Right. So I don't drive dangerously on the road or quick on the road because I don't trust any other driver on the road. I don't know who they are. I don't know how experienced they are. I don't know if they're drunk. I don't know if they're texting. I don't know if they're shaving or putting on their makeup all things unfortunately you see while driving on the road and more importantly i know what it feels like to hit something yes. going very quickly right a lot of people that drive like that have never had a serious accident and, and you hope they never have to to really learn that lesson but i've hit something going 50 kilometers an hour i've hit something going 100 i've hit something going 200 i've hit something going 350 I know what that feels like, and I know I do not want to do that in a past right. Road and you almost lost your life and your career over over a hit, um, and so you know you know the consequences. But again, you also don't know if you're going to hit a pothole. You don't know if you're going to hit something that's debris on the field. And yet, we are hearing more and more reports of these fast and furious type speed. Um, race is going on because there's not as many people on the roads right now. You get people, and it's generally the same, um, ge you know, it's the demographic of young males uh, wanting to try their speed while they can. And I don't know what it's going to take to teach them that 308 
250, 260, still not safe. So I don't understand why they keep pushing their luck. It's, I mean, I think it's youthful ignorance. You know, there's, there's a lot of situations that uh, any one of us can look back to our childhood and realize that, you know, we learned a lesson the hard way. The problem with this one is that the hard way can cost you your life or even worse, somebody else, some innocent bystander in your life. For the amount of money that you spend to either buy a car that can do that kind of speed or purchase a car and, and invest enough money into it to make it go that fast, you could, you could very easily go do a driving school, a racing school. You know, there's one up at Bosport in Oshawa. You could spend a fraction of that money, go drive an actual race car on an actual racetrack, get, get taught by an instructor how to do it better, and, and get out that need for speed in a safe and controlled environment. You don't have to do it on public highways. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, just because the car says it can do 340 doesn't mean you're actually supposed to do 340 and all those high end, uh, you know, if your dad can afford a Mercedes or a BMW and you're allowed to drive it, then he would know there are lots of uh, courses that BMW, Mercedes Benz and all these high end cars, they offer those kinds of opportunities if you want to go around the track and test your uh, test your limits. Uh, for whatever reason, though, at 19, 20, I guess you think you're invincible. Uh, and in this case, you got a 19 year old driving on a G2 license who's already, you know, broken laws by just allowing a passenger. And at 19, you just don't have the maturity to know when too fast is too fast because you don't want to, you don't want to look like a wimp, I guess. Exactly right. You know, it's, it's a huge part of the, you know, the societal problem, I think, with, uh, with something like this. And I, and I don't know what the, what the short answer is. I mean, my, my recommendation has always been that part of the graduated licensing system, uh, mm -hmm. which I think is a great system, but I think it can be better if we add in a mandatory performance driving school and a mandatory uh, skid school. Uh, I, I think it's, it's crazy to not teach drivers, young drivers, how to control an out of control car, because even if you're following every single rule of the road and, and every law in place, you're still at some point over a, a career of driving, a lifetime of driving, going to be in a situation where you either have to avoid something or you get hit or whatever it is, and the car might be out of control. And with no experience on how to, how to handle that situation, you're putting yourself in a much more dangerous situation. So I've always thought that one of the best ways to try to head this off is actually give people the opportunity to experience it in the controlled environment before they're left to, uh, to go try and figure out what it feels like on their own. So you're, you're more generous than me. I would put in a new law saying if you're caught anywhere over 250 on any kind of license, you lose your privilege of driving for life. And maybe that will shake some sense into younger people because they just don't seem to be getting the message. They, they get those second chances. Um, but I'm, I, I, I'm a bit more of a hard ass than the next guy. But what would your message be to any 19, 20 year old kid who seems to love that need for speed? And, you know, maybe they love the, the, this that aspect of illegality and, and pushing the luck, but what would you tell them? What would your message be to them given your experience and your near fatality? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the short answer is it's just not worth it. There is, there is no feeling that you get doing 300 kilometers an hour on, on a public highway that is worth the potential consequences. And I don't disagree with your idea of banning a driver for life. If they do it, what I'm trying to do is stop them from ever doing it in the first place with you know the ideas that that I throw out there but I, I completely endorse uh, a, a, a 
an infraction of, of that magnitude has to have an appropriate punishment to try and dissuade kids. I remember when they first brought in the, the 50 over law, people stopped driving 150 on the QW overnight. The consequences of something going wrong are just too high and you have no idea how easy it is for something to go wrong at those speeds. Or maybe, yeah, and or maybe daddy just needs to take the T-bird away, you know, <laughs> like the old, uh, the old song went. Um, just quickly before I let you go, because you're, you're, I think you were planning to, to drive in the Indy this year, everything being up in, in, um, in, in air, but, you know, because I've got you with me. Um, you're one of these people who would be training and uh, competing right now as the race season goes on, they don't know if they're going to have the Indy right now. They're saying maybe August. So how are you training and preparing for something that may never happen? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, obviously for us, the entire season has been put on hold. We've been told that in theory, hopefully we're going back racing uh, starting June 6th at Texas Motor Speedway. But every race past that is still a bit of a question mark. And, and frankly, even that one's a bit of a question mark, depending on what happens sort of in the next three weeks here. So as drivers, you know, we were ready to go to that first race in St. Pete, prepared. We'd done all our training, all our prep. But when it got taken away, at first it was very difficult because there was no goal. There was no date that we were given as to when we'd be getting back to it. So we sort of defaulted to an off-season training regimen as we had been doing sort of December, January, February. And then once it became clear that beginning of June was target, uh, you know, you mean now that they're going to be open back up, you can start talking to your engineers, really coming up with your plan for that race. Uh, we still obviously have a few weeks to uh, to get there, but for us, the preparation never stopped because we never knew when we were going to be getting that chance to get back into a race car. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think everyone wants something. So hopefully the season gets off and you guys do social isolate anyway once you're in that vehicle. So maybe if we can get some things going, it will help. But uh, we'll keep our eye on those dates and see if, in fact, that uh, we get some kind of race going and and, uh, and people will be happy. Uh, I know you're busy. Well, maybe you're not so busy these days, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate your time anyway. And thanks for joining us. Of course. Doc. Thank you so much for having me on.